It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Well, hi there, everyone. Welcome back to the Janice Dean Podcast. I'm so happy you're with me today, and I am loving our conversations together. I'm so happy you're here with me again today, and I am loving our conversations together. Today, I wanted to check in with one of my good friends, Adam Klotz. You may have heard a few weeks ago, Adam was beaten up very badly by a gang of teenagers while he was riding the subway home here in New York. The group was taunting an elderly passenger and lit his hair on fire because they thought it was funny. Adam stepped in and they came after him and beat him up. A couple of teenagers were caught and then they were released. I've been thinking about Adam and how he's feeling since that terrifying day. And I know all of you have too, because I've been asked many times here in the building and outside of work about how he's doing. Can you tell us how is Adam? He's agreed to come in and give us an update about his health, his well-being, and the steps he's taking towards justice. We had a few laughs about his love life and his love of adventures. And through the tough times, we always have to look for sunshine. And Adam is certainly someone that looks for those rays of light in his life. Not just because he's a meteorologist, but he always looks for the sunny side in life. Here's my friend Adam Klotz. Adam, you made the Dean's List again. You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm back. <laughs> Stop it. Listen, obviously, I've told you this before. I am a mom. I care about you. I want to know how you're doing. And that's why I wanted to have you on again to see how you are after a really traumatic experience. If you don't invite me back in another month, I'm going to pick another fight. <laughs> On the subway. <laughs> Whatever I got to do, uh, say on the Dean's List, I'm going to do it. Well, we were joking around because I said, okay, this is the time where I'll be in the studio waiting for you. And you said, oh, I'm on the subway, so I'll be a little bit late unless I get, you know, hit again. And I was like, ha ha. And then I was like, oh, should I be joking? Should we joke about this? Of course you should this? be joking about it. I'm going to use it every time I'm running late for anything. <laughs> I might just like start slamming my face into doors. Stop. Listen, I know you well enough that this is... This is the way you are. This is how you roll. You joke around. Yeah, exactly. And that hasn't changed, obviously. And mm-hmm. it's still hilarious. It's a little surreal now. It's been a little over, what, two and a half weeks. So I'm mostly healed up. Mostly. You do. You look good. My eyes are all completely healed. Uh, my knee still is a little swollen and my side still hurts a little, but I am significantly, I'm significantly better. Okay, good. How do you feel mentally? Uh, I notice... Things that I don't think I used to notice. Yeah. Like I'm a little bit more on edge, but I don't think it's like lingering too bad. But, you know, you're walking around a crowded city and now I'm really aware of who's in my space. Yeah. In a way that I wasn't aware before because mm-hmm. I don't think I felt it was a threat before. And now it's like, oh, who's over my shoulder? Who's over my shoulder? And I hope that goes away because mm-hmm. it makes me feel like a like a little skittish. I don't. Who wants to feel skittish when they're walking around? I know, but I mean, we are living in New York, and this is a place where we have to be aware of our surroundings. Yeah. So if you see me in the streets, don't walk up on me too fast, because I'm a little, a little flighty now. You might catch a left. I'm Do ready to fight. Do you think back and think, I could have done this. Should I have done this? Do you? I 
for lack of a better term, do you beat yourself up over some things? <laughs> do you beat your size like that? Uh, I have replayed it so many times, and I don't think it could have turned out any better than it did. Okay. I feel really fortunate. I have had so many conversations with different law enforcement uh, officers or detectives or now attorneys uh, who say, like, so many people get in this situation and get beat in the manner I was beaten. Yeah. And it goes way worse for them. Yep. And, you know, since they're killed or they're seriously injured. Yes. And I feel super fortunate. And even some, like, if you start throwing punches right away, like, that can change the narrative. I just feel like in a a really bad situation, it couldn't have turned out better for Mm. me. I could have been more seriously hurt or I could have maybe hurt one of them and then it just changes everything. Yes. You're right. There are so many different things that could have gone wrong. And do you feel it's because you were calm? I, I, it's, I've taken that away from our conversation that you were relatively calm throughout the whole ordeal. Maybe that was maybe that was why. I mean, I was incredibly calm in a way that I still don't totally understand because I haven't been that calm since. The thing that I was left with is that was it an out-of-body experience? Like, were you looking at yourself from above? How did that all kind of play out? Why did you react that I way? I was within my body. It was one of those really meditative experiences where you just catch yourself in this moment where every moment is an eternity, mm. and you were just so aware of every single thing that's happening. You know, like, most of our lives, it's like we're caught in thoughts, and you're thinking of this thing, and the next thing, and the yeah. next thing, and I've never been so present for such an extended amount of time like athletes who are great, like athletes or skiers or something, will yes. say they're like in a flow state where they are just so focused on that moment. Right. It's like nothing else exists. And that's what was happening. And I could just see every eventuality in front of me. Mm-hmm. Because you were protecting yourself. I guess. You're just like so hyper-focused. Yeah. How is the elderly man? Do you know? He is fine. Uh, I guess it was just like his his head was a little red. I don't know what we spoke about, but he, after he was lit on fire, he went back to his home and he called 911. It's kind of a, a insane story if you think about it because he didn't have a cell phone. So this guy goes all the way, he's an older guy. He goes back to his place and he calls 911 and says like, hey, I was lit on fire. But really what he was calling is like, and there's a guy now surrounded by a group of teens wow. and he looks like he's in trouble. But think about the time it takes this guy to get back home. Like, what are the police going to do with this call? Like, yeah, he's on the train somewhere. He's surrounded. Go help him. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Have you talked to him? I haven't talked to him, but, like, I've talked to some of the officers who've talked to him. And he was really grateful, which is nice. Um, And he is maybe going to end up pressing charges himself. Good. Uh, That's still to be determined, I guess. And the thing that bothered me, and I actually— kind of fell for it as well when we didn't have all the pieces, the information. It was like this man was being harassed. No, he wasn't being harassed. He was being assaulted and lit on fire. Yeah, his. I mean, when you think about it, a human being was lit on fire. (sighs) You can't light another human being on fire. It's just insane to think about when you say it out loud. Yes, Yes, and obviously we care about you and your and how you're doing and and what happened, but I think about this elderly man as well. He had really no defense at all. 
Yeah, but he seems pretty, But from what I've heard, he seemed pretty cool about it. He was just worried about me. The only reason he even oh called anybody. Oh, my goodness. He just, like, he put out the fire, and he was out of there and thought, okay, I'm fine. I got out of this. <sighs> he seems like an old-school New Yorker, been here forever. Oh, I'm my sure he's goodness. seen some things. <laughs> you don't ride that subway that long and not see some things, you Do you know? think you'd ever want to meet him? Oh, I would totally meet this you guy. Do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what have you done since we talked last? Have you talked to lawyers? Are you pressing charges? So I've kind of just been in conversations with the state in various different departments, from the police department, uh, from family court, because some of the uh, some of the suspects, but they don't even call them suspects. There's different names from, they from, from children to adults. Adults are suspects. Children are respondents, I think, something oh, like that. Goodness. There's different words. Okay. And what were the ages again? There's 15, 15, 17, 18. I mean, my boy, Matthew, is 14 years old, and I can't even imagine him being in a situation like that. I mean, I'm scared of your child now. He <laughs> shivers down my... No, it's true, Adam. Okay, but at the beginning, they released them, right? So what, what did you learn that you had to do to go down this road? I think the uh, publicity of this just kind of made them take it a little bit more seriously. Oh, I mean, I'm glad, but infuriating. So I don't think the the charges are going to be any more stiff, and it might end up still being just a slap on the wrist. But they've grabbed these, and they're like, all right, we are going to proceed. We're going to at least follow through with it. So I've heard from everybody. I just sat in what accounts as the prosecutor's office. Again, there's a different name because it's a— the family court, but I was with the prosecutor just a couple of days ago, and you know, I we're gonna end up unless they plea out of it, we're gonna end up taking the kids to family court. Okay. And what does plea out of it mean? Like just make some sort of agreement of what their punishment will be mm-hmm. prior to going in front of a judge, because you'll still go in front of a judge and a jury if we get to that point, or they could plea. Um, it's gonna be like some sort of a slap on the wrist. I know that I really am gonna push for. The odds of them, like, they're not going to be locked up. Like, that's not what's going to happen. Okay. They're going to be in some sort of uh, supervision from their parents who may or may not even be around. We're not really sure at this point. Mm. Um, like, maybe a best-case scenario is a whole bunch of community service. Okay. Which, honestly, I think I would be fine with that. Yeah. Do you know if they had prior offenses on their record? I am allowed to be told absolutely nothing. You know what's insane? I'm not even allowed to be told what the punishment is once it's decided. What? Because they're minors. Wow. Whatever the court decides, like, they can't even tell the victim what they got. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. It's an open court, so in theory I'm allowed to be there, or someone's allowed to be there. I'm not allowed to be there because I'm the victim. I could send, like, a friend to sit in the the courtroom and hear what the— but then the prosecutor isn't even allowed to tell me. For the minors, but what about the uh, quote-unquote adult? So the adult is probably going to be a slower process okay? because adult court just is a slower process. They don't like to drag things on for minors. They want to get uh, the help if the kids need help as fast as possible. Um, it'll be a little bit more upfront and forthcoming. I still think it's going to be a slap on the wrist. That guy's not going to go away either. Yeah. But at least we'll get to hear what's happening, and I'll be more involved in that one. What about your medical bills? Uh, the state's going to pay for that. Okay. And so because you went on television and you're a person that people know, um, did a lawyer contact you? No. I mean, yes, people have contacted me, but more just out of 
shock and empathy. No okay. one's no one's there to. But I don't think I'm going to need it because, I mean, in theory, who knows? Maybe I'm being really naive. Yeah. In theory, this was like a crime against the community. It's a crime against New York. Yeah. And it's up to me in New York to handle it. So when I'm talking to these people, in theory, right? Yeah. When I'm talking to these people, they're they're prosecuting these kids on my behalf, on all of our behalf. Right. Not on their behalf. You've they'll, they'll, a lot. they'll get public. They'll get public defenders, and the state is prosecuting them for me. Yeah. And for all of us. And what do you think you've learned out of this process? Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. That you don't want to be a lawyer. Yeah, I mean, I've learned. I've learned a lot of. I've learned a lot of things during this process. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Learn keep how to. Dodge punches, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm proud of you because you're following through. I mean, it makes me angry that they'll get a slap on the wrist. And I don't know how we change something like this. What do you think? Even even the conversations with the prosecutors, it's like the laws are the laws. So it's got to be like the laws themselves have to change. Yes. It's not like I can go in there and be like, no, I demand this. Yeah. Because that's just not the law. The laws are uh, pretty mild in a lot of these cases. Wow. But I don't know. Like, I don't want I don't want a 15 year old's life to be ruined either. Like, yeah. how how do we how do you decide we're punishing you, but you're redeemable and there's still a future for you? Yeah. I don't know the answer. That's probably what the problem is. No one knows the answer to these questions. Yeah. But, you know, what you're doing is important because if they had just gotten away with it and there wasn't any kind of repercussion, um, you know, they they might do something even bigger than what they did. Oh, 100%. I would love it if 200 hours of time in a soup kitchen or painting curbs like yeah. says, like, oh, hey, I'm part of this community, too, mm. and it's important to be part of this community, and I'm going to give back to it. I would go, you know what? I swear to you, if I had the, I would, I vow if they get 100 hours, I'll go do 100 hours of community service too. Oh, seriously, really? seriously. Oh. I'll tell the judge that. Like, I don't want, I don't want it to feel like punitive. I mean, it is punitive, but I want, like, I want them to end up better off because of this and me too. So I would, I would match any community service they got. Oh my goodness. You're a good boy. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Jason in the house, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Um, how do you feel on the subways now? Outside of being a little jumpier of like who's in my space. I mostly feel fine. I'm also more hyper aware. I'm like looking around. Yeah. Who's near me? Do you feel like there's a police presence? I've I'm also more hyper aware of when there's a police presence. Yes. Uh I came in here on the subway this morning. There was quite a few officers or at least uh MTA workers mm -hmm. around. Yeah. Uh what I have noticed though is like yeah, they're there during rush hour in the morning. But that's when the any it's the least likely anything's going to happen. I'm like at eight thirty on a Friday night. There will it'll be completely empty, which seems like a little too early to have just given up on the subway and handed over to whoever wants it. Yeah. What did you do to help yourself heal and not just the bruises? Time. I think 
this is both fortunate and unfortunate. I had a long planned uh, ski vacation that came up a week after all of this happened. And I am so grateful and was so grateful to get on an airplane and leave New York City in the dust yep. and sit and look at nature mm. and look at the snow and look at a mountain and sit in a hot tub and have some wine. And yep. like that was all really nice and really relaxing to be around some friends and some family. Wonderful. So that was really fortunate because I needed out of the city. Yes. There's something about this city that's yeah. wonderful at times, but I mean, it's a tough place. It's stressful. And, yeah. And then when you've just been beaten up and it's just like coming in on you, you want to, you want some fresh air. So getting away was really nice. The obvious thing that was a bummer about that is I went on a ski trip because I really wanted to go skiing. Yeah. And that was uh, not easy to do after taking a beating, but just to be away. Yeah. I, yeah. Leaving this, there's nothing greater than leaving the city. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, do you still, do you love, do you like New York? I, it's so hard. It kind of gets under your skin, I think, in a, in a good way. Okay. It gets under your skin and it still feels like my home. And I don't know. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's one I have to figure out. Yeah. You've, you've, you lived in the city a long time and now you live outside of the city. Obviously, yes. you still spend a lot of time here because we yeah. all work here, but. No, I but I come in and I get out. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I used to do some social stuff, lunches, stay and watch mm-hmm. a show, that kind of thing. I don't do that anymore. I'm out of here. But you liked it when you were here. There was a time in your life. Yeah. I, yes, of course. You know, when I was a kid from Canada who moves to New York City, and that's like bright lights, big city, definitely. I'm a kid um, from Indiana. Yeah. So. It's yeah, and you do pinch yourself, but. Yeah, with that you take the bad, and I really think we are right now into the bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've definitely imagined and thought and schemed like how do I, how do I make a life out of this city? And I don't necessarily think it's like actually in the city. Yeah, you know, so many people have to commute. Yep. And in the for for now this is fine, but in the long term I don't know if that's doable. Yeah. How's your mom? She. After a few days, I think it like hit her harder too. Yeah, I be I believe it. Yeah, it settled in, and she was like, "Whoa!" She was a little shaky over it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, because you go through something like that, and there's almost this adrenaline that you have, right? It it protects you in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it, it's better to be busy and doing stuff. And you know, you had the spotlight on you, so you're doing a lot of interviews. You're doing Tucker Carlson, so you. Uh, you don't have time to process what happened. So it's after the TV cameras are off, right? And you're not like, I've got to do this interview and I'm still reliving this and I'm going to talk about this and what am I going to say here? That's when it's like, oh, wow, okay, something really big happened to me and I have to sit here alone with my thoughts. Uh, Yeah, I mean, not to be too depressing here, but that that happened to me. Yeah. Um, so much... I mean, it happened on a Saturday night, and then the interviews Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It was so overwhelming, but, like, the the adrenaline's high. Yes. And you're just running with it. And then all of a sudden, plus thousands of people, people from my entire life, (laughs) so much love, so much food. It was wonderful. Yeah. But, I mean, people's attention spans are short. So three or four days later, I'm just, like, still sitting there in excruciating pain and now the adrenaline's kind of gone. Yeah. So I'm alone on my couch in pain and like no one's talking to me anymore. Yeah. I have no no attention. No one cares. 
And I'm just like, it was depressing. There was yeah. a couple of days where I was like just sitting at home alone, kind of depressed. Adam. And then fortunately the ski trip came up and I got to get out of here. But I was just, you know, there's. Yeah. You mean you get this swell of love and yes. affection. Well, it's still there. I know. And I know it is. But I, like people have course. lives and yeah. they see the news and they're like, hey, how can we help? Well, and then know- people move on with their lives. And I was and and then I was still hurting and just like, oh, this this is not fun. Well, you know, from our perspective, because I was talking to Brandon, who is our producer. We we love you, Brandon. And we would check in with each other like, have you talked to Adam? Have you talked with Adam? And I was kind of like, maybe I should leave him alone. I don't really know what to do. You know, so it's like you don't you don't want to bombard somebody either. Right. Yeah. You just are. How do we approach it? Yeah, it was a real feast or famine situation for me. It's like. <laughs> Too much, too much, too much. Oh, where is everybody? Uh, where is everybody? Well, I should have. I mean, you know that we're there. I, f- I did know that. I know, but I, I want you to take us up on that too, though. Do you know what I mean? But I get it. I get it. You kind of, you don't really know how to react. And I feel like you do have to have that. I've talked about this with people before. You almost have to have that moment to feel sorry for yourself and bad for yourself. And shut everything down so you can get kind of in that dark place for a little bit. Because I think that's when you learn lessons about yourself. It wasn't pleasant, but I 100% agree. We need to be able to sit with ourselves alone with how we're feeling about the difficult situations. Because I wasn't really allowing myself to do that when I was running through all of those other things. Yes. So, like, it's a good thing to do, but it's not always pleasant to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you're back at work. And so how does that feel? <laughs> I guess it's a complicated question. Yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't? No, it's it feels it feels great. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, I like I like it here a lot. Yeah. So so work's been good. And the love is still when I'm moving around the building, like everyone still really cares. I was going to ask it's that. It's such a family here. It really is. But that can be a lot, too. Do you know what I mean? Like for me... You know, when I was newly diagnosed with MS and there was all sorts of love and there for you, that kind of thing. And then I would get back and people would, you know, come up to me and be like, how are you doing? Uh, Well, yeah, (laughs) that's happened. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, don't look at me with your puppy dog eyes. I'm okay. There's like this weird balance. Do you know what I mean? Like, how are you doing? You, You look great kind of thing. But what I mean, how do you tell people? How to react? I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's coming from a kind place. What can it you is. do? Yeah. I know. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. We're just all human trying to live this existence. Yeah. And we're not very good at it, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> okay. So your mom, like, it kind of crashed on her. And then now, did she, did she call you and talk you through it? Or how did that go? I think when it crashed on her, she's was worried that it must be crashing on me at the same time. Okay. So there was a conversation about that. Um, I don't know that it did catch up with me in quite the same way it caught up with her. Yeah. I mean, I felt that that loneliness or whatever I was feeling. Yes. From, But that's a different thing. She was, like, really worried about my safety. Mm-hmm. I actually am still not con- horribly concerned about my physical safety. You're not? mm Huh. I Have know, you always been like that, though? Maybe. Well, you are, maybe. You, I mean, there is something to that because I think your mom even said it, that you are kind of somebody who is an adventurer. Like, you do kind of daredevil stuff. Not that putting yourself in a dangerous situation is daredevil stuff. But you must have something in your brain like, you know what? 
I'm going to do this might be a little dangerous, but I have to give it up to something like, you know, I can't live my life in fear. Totally. And yeah, I mean, I've been in I've put myself in way scarier situations like what intentionally learning how to skydive is horrifying. <laughs> Horrif- like I know like people do the strap the person to their back and skydive, yeah. which is scary. But I did the course where you just jump out and they just fall next to you. And then oh, they just like tell you how to like pull your own chute and everything. Did you and do that on Fox and Friends? No, I, I just did went and did that on my own. I should have put a camera on me because then it would have made me braver. I find as soon as you turn that camera on, I can do anything. <laughs> like whatever, I can't, be, I can't look bad on TV. But when that camera's off, I'm like, what am I thinking? Wow. Like, when really did you panicking. do that? That was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I've done like some mountain climbs. Uh, where you get up to like 18,000 feet and there's no oxygen and you're really like looking yourself in the soul. Like, what am I doing? Yes. Like, what what is the point of even being alive? And like those <laughs> moments were way worse than any moments I put myself in here. So, huh. so come and come after me, teenagers. Ugh. I've climbed a mountain. That's right. And you've skydived. That's I've pretty skydived. cool. What are the things that you want to do? Do you have any more bucket lists? Oh, 100%. Tell me. Um, they're Mount Blanc is in France. I want to be now I want to climb a mountain. That's a I want to climb a mountain and ski down. Oh my goodness. Like so throw skis on my back, get all the way to the top of the tallest mountain in Europe and then ski my way down. That sounds pretty cool. And that's it? a thing? Yeah, that's a thing you can do. Are you going to do that? And you have to do it like it during the winter obviously. Yeah. Uh it's on my uh to-do list. <laughs> Got a little bit of a to-do list. My knees, my knees sore right now. I can't do it at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> do you have I'm, buddies that do up. this, or is this your own thing? I have buddies who do things like this, but I push it to a place where they're uncomfortable. So I have to end up ultimately doing some of the stuff on my own. Wow, I think you could pitch this to Fox Weather. Like this could be a series. Have you done that yet? No, I'm sure they're listening. But it is. It's like you are really pushing the envelope with your adventures. If they want to pick up the budget and take me to France, Fox Weather, I am in. <laughs> does the just does this podcast travel? I'll do something for you guys. This actually is <laughs> under travel. This podcast is under travel for some reason. So we've hit that. All right. And mark that off the checklist. All right. Put me there, France. I want to climb Kilimanjaro. You do? Yeah. That's and you That's have like to train for that, one. right? Well, you do have to train for it. But it's easy in the sense of, like, big mountains. In in the world of big mountains, that's yes. an easy big mountain. Oh, wow. But it's a big mountain. And then you go up to a certain level where you, like, can't breathe, right? Or you yeah, have to you train get, yourself? Uh, you just spend time. Uh, the body's really resilient, so you climatize. So if you sleep a couple nights at higher el- uh, elevations, yep. your body gets better at taking dealing with less oxygen. So when I just was climbing Pico de Orizaba in Mexico— Back over the winter, this yeah. was eighteen thousand five hundred feet, and I did that in two days. Uh, Kilimanjaro's closer to twenty thousand feet, but you spend six days. That's yeah. a lot of time for your body to get used to it, which is what makes it a little easier. It's a it's a really long run up to the mountain, so it's not very steep. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of time, but you spend a lot of time on the mountain, and you get more comfortable. You still have to be really fit, but Orizaba is like straight up, so your body's changing altitude so quickly yeah. that you have no oxygen and you feel miserable. That doesn't sound like fun. Oh, it's not fun at all. <laughs> do you do it so that you say that you did it? So these maniacs who do stuff like this, there's something called type one fun and type okay. two fun. Oh, tell me. Type one fun is the fun, like you're riding a bicycle and you're like, woo, this is fun. Yeah. And type two fun is like, 
what am I doing? I hate this. And then, like, for some reason, it's over, and you're like, wow, that was a great time. <laughs> I think, no, I don't know if I felt that. I'm trying to think. You know what? Actually, when I went to Colorado and I did zip lining through the mountains, that's something I never in a million years would think I would do. But I did it, and it was awful. But I'm so glad that I could say that I did it. But you look back on it kind of fondly? No. No. Not There's really. also type 3 fun. <laughs> this is, is a thing? Yeah. Okay. Type 3 fun, which is a little more confusing to me because I haven't really gotten there. Maybe me getting beat up was type 3 fun, and maybe... <laughs> And maybe you zip lining. It's something where like you do it and like it's not fun at the time. Right. You look back on it and it's not, not fun. fun. And yet somehow you have like a positive impression, like, oh, it's this was fun important to talk for me. about, right? I can show my kids like your mom did this yeah. at fifty years old. Yeah. So there's something there's bragging rights, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's type three fun. Okay. So I've done type three type fun. As <laughs> miserable then, I'm miserable now. But okay, at least I did it. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. I have to ask, do you have a girlfriend? Uh, this has been wonderful for dating. I wish I wish <laughs> I need to get punched in the face a little bit more often. The messages I've been getting. Really? Like yeah. Instagram kind of thing? Yeah. Old girlfriends have popped back up and they want to see me again. Uh Strangers are like, wow, black eyes are kind of sexy, you know? And like, now my black eyes are gone and I kind of want to get punched in the face again. Oh. Just like out, like out at dinner, strangers want to like come hit on me. Really? Yeah. yeah. Adam. Yeah. So, do you have any information? Like anything oh, yeah, that you been, followed up on? Oh, I've been going on dates. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, so I was scared. I was like, do I ask him like what's going on in his relationship? Cuz you and I do talk. I don't I don't just say come out and say like how's the girl situation. But this is very interesting. Yeah. So is there anybody that you like Well, it's too new. I've uh I was in a fairly longish term relationship that ended back over the summer. Okay. But all of this attention has been nice. <laughs> did she get back to you? Did she get like did she I, communicate with you? Oh, yeah. Like every, every person I've ever dated has appeared back really? in my life. Some of them I've gone out and seen, like had coffee with and stuff. Wow. Any like flames there? Oh, I don't know. Okay. This Listen, is- I always leave people wanting more. No one's ever sick of me. <laughs> so when this news popped up, of course they're going to like, oh. I understand I, I, I that. I care for Adam. I need to make sure he's okay. Of course. Well, this is a development that I feel like I'm going to have to follow up on off the microphone, but I'm appreciative that you're giving me that information. Oh, yeah, whatever. Adam is a wonderful person. I'm still on the market. <laughs> you're out there. So how can they get in touch with you? Uh, like I mean, social media, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, Instagram. Is that the way the kids meet? Slide in those DMs. How does I that... mean, you can get on the dating app, but there's no way to find me there. You're just going to have to swipe forever. Interesting. Huh. Anything Literally, coming... people, there, was, there was a woman on a dating app who said, OMG, you're the guy who got punched on the subway. Like, the next day, I was like, oh, yeah. So it's... Wow. Like, I don't put that on the dating app. I'm just like, people who just yeah. recognize. Well, what, what does your... I you mean, take a punch. what's your profile look on the dating app? Does it say? Does it have you with black eyes? No, but now I should. No, don't do that. I swear I should. No. Yes. No, Adam. You, they'll find you if they want to. But then you're going to have to just realize that they are going out with you because they have some... A little bit of a fascination with that whole thing. And then, you know, 
go on a couple more dates and see how real they are when, you know, you tell them that you want to do these crazy type three fun, fun activities. Well, I mean, obviously they're already into that. <laughs> Maybe they like me because I stood up for... An elderly man in need. Yes. Right? So maybe it's authentic. Did they tell you that, some of them? No, but this is what I'm telling myself. (laughs) Uh, That's what I would think, actually, Mm -hmm. because I am very, that's very endearing to me that you stood up for that elderly man. and, And that's what it's all about, you know? Like, that's really important. That's a important thing that you did for someone else. And so I think that's why you made the dean's list. Great. I love it. <laughs> okay, so I have to have you back because I need to find out about all these other dating Yeah, I'll let you know how they're, how they're going. Things. I've got a date tonight. I've you got a do? date tomorrow. What's a typical date with you? <clears throat> wow. Okay, now we could, we could really get going here. <laughs> so in, in New York, yes, uh, I am very much let's meet yeah. and have a, a drink after work. Okay. Because Why? Because it is... You know, I think you know right away. You don't know, like, long-term right away, but you know, like, am I into this at all? Okay, gotcha. Right away. Especially in a world where so many of these dates you go on, you've never actually met the person. Right. You know, if you meet someone somewhere, you, like, kind of know pretty quickly, like, do I want to keep seeing or, like, hang out a little bit? Yes. But in these worlds where it's, like, happens over the internet, Mm -hmm. you need to meet, you have a drink, and then you know, like, oh, this is a person I want to get dinner with. This okay. is a, I want to go on a proper date with. Yes. But I am not scheduling proper dates with strangers because then you meet them and then 10 minutes in, you're like, oh, I hate this. Oh, I, oh. And I've got a whole three hours planned for yes. us. Yes, yes. No, you meet for one drink and then- There's an out. Then either one of you can get out of that situation. That's really good. I, I have a good dating story like that way, way, way back before I met my husband, obviously. But I did. I, I went on a date with somebody who I hadn't met before and it was dinner. And it was so awful. I went to the bathroom and I called my friend Allison and I'm like, you have to call me in exactly three minutes when I go back to the table and say something terrible happened and I have to come see you right away. And we did that. And thank goodness we did that. But that's, yes, that's yeah. a real thing. Like Totally. Yeah. And yeah, some people were like, oh, you should take me to dinner and we should have a show plan. And I'm like, we do not know each other. <laughs> you don't know that you want to spend three or four hours with me. What are you doing? Yeah. That's smart. But you set it up so there's... And then if you get a drink, it's pretty easy to be like, oh, this is going great. Let's go grab dinner. Yes. This is another podcast that we could have. Yeah. Dating with Adam. Yeah. Okay, we're setting it up. Dating on the Dean's List. I love this because, you know, it's been a while. But I I love hearing these types of stories. And you never know what's going to happen, really. I mean, you never know what happens in your life. Like, if that hadn't happened, I look at back at how I met Sean. So many things had to happen for us to meet. Like, big things had to happen. So out of something terrible, something beautiful might not happen. I think this is a good thing. Yeah. Was that a friend of a friend situation? Yeah. Yeah. My friend um, Leanne back in Canada, um, she met Sean on a hiking trip in Hawaii. And he went to Hawaii by himself after 9-11 because he realized life's too short. I got to do my bucket list stuff. Mm -hmm. He went by himself. The waves were too high to surf because he likes to surf. And someone told him, oh, you know, do this hike. It's a pretty well-known one in Kauai. And so he did the hike and he met my friends Leanne and Tony from Canada. And they kept passing each other. And he would learn bits and pieces like from passing them. And I hike. Yeah, I know all about that. Right. And then 
exactly. And then at the end, they were leaving, uh, and Sean was like, oh, I want to go get them a Firehouse T-shirt. So he was like, I'll go get it. If they're gone, then it's not meant to be. He ran back. They were still there. He's like, I wanted to give you my Firehouse T-shirt. They're like, come to dinner with us. He's like, no, no, no. They were on their honeymoon. No, you guys are on your honeymoon. They're like, yeah, we've been together for a week. Come to dinner with us. <laughs> and that's how that all happened. Uh-huh. Um, she mentioned that I had just moved to New York, and I hated New York, and I didn't want to meet anybody at that point. Um, and then she told me afterwards, she's like, you got to meet this guy, Sean. He's a firefighter. He's single. I was like, no, that's the last thing I want to do. But all these things had to happen for us to meet. Like, they had to travel to Hawaii. They had to meet my friends. And so when I look back, you know— and tragedy had to happen. He had to go through right. 9-11 for him to realize mm-hmm. he had to do stuff. So, you know, Adam, I don't know. I think this is, this might be something. Maybe. Okay. So to be continued. To be continued. I'm fine with that. Okay, good. Ah, oh, you're the best. I'm so glad you're doing well. You know how much I love you. And don't be alone in your apartment feeling bad. Please call me. Okay. All right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell your mom I'm going to take care of you. Okay. <laughs> She'll hear, she'll hear this. <laughs> and keep me posted on, I'm so proud of you that you are taking steps to try to do something. Yeah, for sure. It's a sure. big deal. Yeah, I'll let you know when I'm doing community service with these these guys. Okay. And we will see you on Fox Weather and Fox and Friends. And just, to, okay, so I have to tell the audience here, Adam does fill in for Rick and I when we're not here. And he is the biggest team player in this whole building. I'm serious. He works Christmas. He works Thanksgiving. You know, you are the best. And I will continue to sing your praises because, you know, not a lot of people would fill in all that time. And so you always do that. And that's why I love you as well. Uh, I mean, I, I need to keep getting paychecks. So... <laughs> Well, that's not... No, there would be some people that say... I'm going to sneak in and like cough on your keyboard. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, Adam works here. That's great. Yeah. Oh, we like the, him. You're the best. Thank you for being you. Of course. And uh, keep me posted on the dating. <laughs> you got it. Thank you, Adam. Isn't he wonderful? And I told him after we chatted that I do want updates on everything that he's been up to. And I'm hoping that out of this awful situation that he's gone through, some good comes back to him on the other side. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.